0: Jim Graziano, uh, owner of J.P. Graziano.
1: (laughs) Angelo Lolino, and you're now tuned in to the Grown Up Italian podcast.
2: Some mild jardinera.
0: Jardinera.
2: Is it jardinera? No, it's jardinera. Jardinera. Well, you guys say jardinera.
3: Well,
0: yeah, you know, it's like like saying prosciutto instead of prosciutto. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So you guys correct each other? Like if someone comes and orders jardinera, you say it's jardinera? I do always take my time with somebody and I tell them, pretend it starts with a J. So they say jardinera because a lot of people call it like Giordano, Giordano or something like yeah. that Go like this with your hand and it comes out a lot smoother <laughs> and then they get a big laugh and a smile on their face and they say it and then you know we keep it moving So we got the
2: mild and the hot um, I, I stay far away from the hot Yeah, you don't uh, like spicy, huh? It scares me I'm, I'm forever scarred when it comes to hot I feel the culture in Chicago everything's spicy
0: I agree you know, hot peppers is our like default. A lot of places only carry hot. A couple pizza places I sell our jardinera to. They don't even carry mild. It's kind of like uh, what would you call it? Geaster guts, right? If you don't eat yeah. the hot, you don't get no jardinera. Or, or a beef place will do
1: sweet peppers and they'll just basically right. green red uh, green peppers uh-huh. that they grill a little bit and they're they're big chunks, so it's not. So being that
2: we're talking about jardinera. How, how do you actually make, is it pickled?
0: Yeah. So you, I mean, you know, like what I love about this is that every culture has something like this, all the way to like Japanese kimchi. Uh-huh. It's just a way to preserve the vegetables. It's pickled in the vinegar. And then what the Italians in Chicago did was rinse off that vinegar and pack it in oil.
4: And that's oh. why our jardinera is unique. That's the difference. That's I was difference. wondering that. Right. Because so ours, Italy, is oil, ours is in vinegar. In
0: vinegar. And like yeah. in Italy, you know, it's like big chunks of cauliflower yes. and carrots and um, and celery and stuff like that. And it's just packed in the vinegar. Yes. So ours is, you know, obviously, it's just still a rough cut. We would consider it. But we rinse off that vinegar, and then they pack it in oil. Olive oil? Olive oil. Some you get olive oil. Anything that's, you know, where it's a large production for cost-wise, it's vegetable oil, for sure. Yeah. And you guys uh,
4: have peppers in yours.
0: Yeah, so what makes the source of the heat in our peppers is serrano peppers. It's not like a jalapeno pepper, and then traditionally, you know, jardinera means gardener, so it's stuff from the garden. Yeah. Um, carrots, cauliflower, the red and bell, green bell pepper, and then ours has olives in it, which is another point of contention. I don't know. Is if that you've the ever muf- is that the mozzarella scrub? is a different product, but there's whole manzanella or salad olives in our jardinera, mm-hmm. and there's a. There's Italian, like, Chicago purist out there that say mm-hmm. olives don't belong in jardinera yeah. because really? olives don't grow in a garden, right? They, uh, they're a vine, right? So, but olives aren't ours because I think they're fantastic. And then we did move into the muffaletta offerings as well, hot and mild. And traditionally, you know, I took that from, like, that's a New Orleans specialty. The, the muffaletta sandwich,
2: yeah. the muffaletta Yeah,
0: we had that we down just, there. Yeah, we it's were, just, olives, we were right? just
2: down there for... Uh, St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's. Right. And we were with uh, Louis Prima's daughter, Lena. And they the, – I was actually impressed because I'm a little when, – when it comes to sandwiches, yeah. I, like, always imagine, okay, I could make it better. You You're know, a like, sandwich I always shop. compare. I, yeah, yeah, you, I, I you I got could compare. So the Mufalada, I was so impressed. Yeah, Central Grocery. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah, well, gold they, standard. They, they were, were closed for renovations. Uh, we and we went there. right next door. Went to Frank's.
3: Yeah. And it was yeah.
2: delicious. Right. But everybody says Central. Central. Central
0: Gro- groceries is sta- that's the gold standard, good Sicilians, yeah. you know, that started back up in the day. They have that, you know, big Sicilian community down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always infatuated with that sandwich. So we started making our own here. And I would take like the Castelvetrano Vadrano olives, crack them, pull the seed, chop it up, take our mild jardinera, chop that up, get the ratio right. And then eventually it got so popular. I sent it out to my jardinera manufacturer and I said, can you replicate this? And they did. So, you know, it is more of an olive spread, but ours don't doesn't give, like, an overly olive flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really if you just like the fine dice spread or the rough-cut vegetables. But, you know, hot jardinera is the iconic Chicago kind. Of yeah.
2: Food. And I noticed, like, um, and this is basically a dry version of that? Yeah. So, so do you, like, base this
0: on the bread, basically? You This can get folded into anything. And my idea for that came from... Looking everybody using uh, everything but bagel seasoning, uh-huh. right? Oh, yeah. And I was okay. like, man, that's pretty straightforward. So is there is there a crazy guy out there
2: that's putting this in cream cheese? Uh, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, another crazy say. guy that might
0: be throwing it in some jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's
2: that's a perfect out segue out <laughs> to the next <laughs> <laughs> part. Uh, you got to explain. <laughs> that's a, not a bad idea. So, guys, we're live in J.P. Graziano's. And their version of me packing.
0: What, what's the area? This is Chicago. This is called. It's called the West Loop Fulton Market. Okay. Uh, yeah, but back in Randall the day, Randall Street, Randolph Street. Absolutely.
2: We're live. I feel like this place has been here since the beginning of time.
0: That's what it looks like. Yeah, just about. Yeah, yeah. beginning of June is our 86th anniversary. Congratulations! So ah, nuts. No, great. That, that's awesome. I love. I love
2: going to like old school Italian American enclaves like that. That yeah. really been there forever. Um, but we also have. Angelo here, who has Vero Gelato and Massa, and Massa's in Elmwood Park, right? Yeah,
1: Massa's uh,
4: Italian Cafe in Elmwood Park.
2: I'm learning my way around Chicago, slow, slowly but surely. We're
4: <laughs> all at the right places. There's a lot of Italian enclaves in Chicago. Like I notice, the more I come here, there's places I've never been. Like you know, you go to Taylor Street, you go to Elmwood Park, then there's Harlem Avenue. It's right. a lot of little pockets, yeah. right. and the suburbs became Italian early, so it's a lot of Italian suburbs. So there's a lot to see and do here.
2: Yeah, so I guess um, the history of Italian-American Chicago, right? Um, for dummies like me that don't know anything about the Italian-American culture here, I'm always fascinated when, when I go somewhere. Like, I recently was in, um, I was in Cleveland for a day, and there, Little Italy, like, I was fascinated because, like, old neon signs. We went to Rhode Island for a day, same thing. So, like, what's the real Little Italy
1: of Chicago? Big, big, big debate, right? Oh, so it's not clear, clear won. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> originally I, I would have to say Taylor
4: Street. Yep, right. I agree,
2: and that's where uh, Al's Beef and uh, Correct. Mario. Mario's.
4: And Mario's yeah. Okay, and I think Chicago Avenue is that another area that was very Italian. There was a
1: point? period. That's actually where my father started on Chicago Avenue. Right? So yeah, there was a period there, just north of here, Grand and May, that area had uh, an influence of Italians. And then Harlem Avenue West, kind of the area that uh, Jimmy and I are from, um, probably in the early 80s.
0: Yep. Started to... Strong run from early 80s to mid to late 90s. Yep. Yep. And then Elmwood Park. at. Elmwood Park is is basically Howard
2: Beach. For everybody that's (laughs) listening, it's like, how you doing, Beach of Chicago? That's where all the goombas are. Elmwood
0: Park, Melrose Park... They still got a real strong Italian, great community out there. But back in the day, like, everybody everybody was up there. What's the,
2: the, the area where Maniscalco's from? Arlington Heights. Arlington Heights. Yeah. Yeah. There's no I Italians out f- f- Italian. there. No- <laughs> <laughs> no? no, there's, there's, like, another part of uh, Chicago that's, like, very suburban, but it's far, where, like, they have a very distinct, like, Italian
1: accent. Oh, you're talking about Bridgeport.
0: Oh, Bridgeport, yeah, yeah, it's in Chicago. That's another one. Yeah, I don't we know forgot if it's that. The, I, I, I forgot the name. Bridgeport's big for Italians too, and that's like over by South, uh, like by White Sox Park. Uh, and those are like you know your South Side Italians that you know those guys are making. They used to come here and buy all the spices bulk and make the super sata and hang yeah. it up in their garage and you know make the homemade wine every year. Richport, very strong. They keep the culture out Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. It's still, like still there. and still there. Oh, right, it's still, still kicking. There. Yeah.
2: I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, about both your like family's histories yeah. as far as like when they came here from the other side and what life was like for them when they first moved here, what they did, how this business started, how your business started. You might get sentimental here. <laughs>
0: That's okay. Part of it's, the a, it's a family show. Yeah, sure yeah. is.
1: Go ahead. It's your house, man.
0: So, you know, quite a long history here. My, um, my great-grandpa came here from Sicily in the early 1900s. And he started on Randolph Street in 1937. But when he first, first came to, so he was a stowaway on a ship. He was chasing a girl that he was in love with from Sicily. So he snuck on the boat. She was on her way to America. And he couldn't, this is as the story was told to me. He, he couldn't imagine a day without being with this girl, so he snuck on the ship, and a couple days into the trip, he figured, oh, they're not going to throw me overboard, so he started walking around, and he actually ran into his uncle, who was on his way to America, and he didn't know his uncle was going to America, so he was like, what are you doing, what are you doing, he's like, I'm chasing this girl, I'm in love. So he met up with a girl on the boat. She was on her way to America to to get engaged. Her family had oh, set wow. her. Yeah, her family had wow. set her up with a with a guy in New York. It sounds to like a a movie, honestly, yeah, man. So he was heartbroken, right? And his uncle's like, "Come to New York with me." He was a butcher by trade. We'll start you working, and, and you know, we'll sh- I'll ship you back to Sicily when we get money for a ticket. His his uncle died of a heart attack like a year and a half into being there. So he's in New York. He's young, no money, no language, nothing. Chicago had a very large Sicilian community, and it's actually where like Caprini Green used to be, which is kind of the projects that aren't there anymore, but it was like the projects of Chicago, and they called it Little Hell and Little Sicily. And it was the outdoor markets. And my great grandpa would go there, so
2: little he, wait, hold on. Little Hell and Little Sicily is the same. It's size. like one
4: word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. far too familiar. I right, right, yeah. would love that. There you go. As a Sicilian, I take offense to that, but yeah, that's fine. I'm Sicilian too, but it
2: was—it's
0: where they all come. There's
2: of, always a little truth, <laughs> to yeah, right, right? Hard feelings, right. you know.
0: And he would go there, and he honestly, he would start by he would grab a couple lemons off the table, throw them in his pocket, go around the corner, sell them, save up, bought a basket, save up, bought a cart, save up, bought a horse. So he's, he's a food peddler. Yeah and he started doing the Frutte Vendolo. And um, little by little, he, he had a shop that he opened up on Grand and Noble. That was his first spot when he saved enough money to buy a building. And he ran the grocery store out of the ground floor and they lived up on top, type of deal. And he had the Italian specialties like we do, but it was like milk, bread, eggs, the whole deal. And then he closed that store Right around the Great Depression, because he was worried he was gonna lose the business and the building. So he closed the business, right? He worked for his father-in-law, who at the time owned a place in Chicago called Chicago Macaroni Company. And he was an importer and a wholesaler. And he got to understand that business, Mm -hmm. they saw a lot of opportunities in the wholesale business. Mm -hmm. So he worked there for a couple years, You know, got back on his feet, able to save some money, reopened Grand Avenue and then got word on the street that he wanted to get into the wholesale and importing business. Mm-hmm. One of his advantages was his brother stayed in Bagaria, Sicily, never came to America, mm-hmm. and he built boxes, cartone, right? Out of wood. I mean, we're talking no. early 30s. And my great-grandpa would go to Italy and Sicily, handpick the stuff that he wanted to import. Uh-huh. His brother would make the boxes, so he had that advantage, and they would ship so it to So you go America. back and forth? Yeah,
2: constantly. With, with uh, the boat? Yep. That's kind of crazy. Mid, this is early 30s, yeah. mid-30s. Yeah, yeah, you know? So how long was, like, each trip, like, to go I back and forth? I think that was
0: over a week at a time, Definitely, it was right? it had, 10 days yeah, to two weeks. 10, 12 days, yeah, least. Days. It's got to be. I hope I'm not way off there, but it was... No, no, amazing. that's about it. Right. just sitting yeah. on to
2: show, Probably like, long how long far we then. come, we came along as a community. Like, <laughs> we just ordered things on Amazon. right to your door. These guys had to wait 12 days. So he was going back and forth from
0: Chicago to Sicily had the sense By the stuff. way,
2: I, I gotta ask because geographically, right? You guys aren't near an ocean. There's just like a lake,
0: right? Well if in you really, river. really wanted to, the Saint Lawrence River runs all the right way here. down oh, to the Great yeah. Lakes and the Lake Michigan. But is that what he did? Like how no. how yeah, was everything in
2: New York? So he would have to take a train to New York or to something? New York from there, right. And then right. wow, that's but for the I, I still take
4: the train here sometimes. Really? Yeah, just to feel how far it is. But that's incredible. incredible. I wish. <laughs> right. It's an overnight Amtrak. It's 24 hours. You're home to Chicago. It's nice. Sleep on the train.
2: 24 hours? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That should also be two hours.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. But it would come off the track twice. and <laughs> so It really takes you 64 hours, but right. the tickets well, say two.
0: So uh, so he so was handpicking he started, products. Yeah. Yeah. And then he started getting into the wholesale business, and he got word out on the street, and somebody said, there's a place on Randolph Street. The guy owns the building. He, he sells potatoes and, and onions, you know, because that's what this whole neighborhood was.
2: Meaning, like, a lot of produce. Polish? I would say no, po- produce. Okay. It was just
0: produce. This guy just... Because I know, know.
2: I know, like, Chicago's so heavy with uh, Greek and
3: Polish,
0: Polish. immigrants. So. I don't know what the numbers are now, but not long ago, Chicago had the second largest Polish um, population to Warsaw. Yep. Wow. wow. That it
2: was makes Warsaw sense. First, yeah. and then yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Okay.
0: Wow. Um So he came here, and he rented out half the building, and it's the half that we're in that ended up being our sandwich shop. And a couple years in, the gentleman that owned the building passed away. His son lived out of state, sold my great-grandpa the building. That was like about 1942. At that point, he shut down Grand Avenue, because for a while, for about five years, Grand Avenue ran as a retail, and Randolph ran as the wholesale. My grandpa and my great-grandma ran Grand Avenue. My great-grandpa... JP, and his, um, his oldest son, my uncle Paul, ran Randolph Street. By 1942, this place blew up, shut down Grand Avenue, brought the whole family over here to Randolph Street, had the whole building, and started his legacy that turned into what's now 86 years old in the same spot.
2: No, that's wow. incredible. and I'm sure when he first opened, he wasn't making sandwiches like you are today. It was more of a market.
0: Yeah, no, I, would, I would assume Sandwiches I started doing sandwiches When I graduated College in 2005 So you guys didn't sell Changes sandwiches in 2005 new, Brand new In the scheme of You know An 86 year old business Yeah, yeah. Wow So 18 A lot. Almost, yeah. yeah 18 You can figure 18, out the yeah, math yeah, yeah. If you want But I came in after school After college
2: We might start making sandwiches Around the same time Yeah <laughs> Yeah Like Cause uh, 2005 I was 15
0: five. Yeah but well, uh, I, mean, I just graduated college, yeah. So I got a couple years. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: But I remember, um, you know, even the, we're talking about like back then, we would sell like the craziest sandwich. Then would be like chicken cutlet, mozzarella, roasted peppers, and people like
4: what?
3: <laughs> making a sandwich with that? You know. So uh,
2: just to put in perspective for everybody listening, like well, you you is not crazy,
4: right? Yeah. I, to me,
0: when I hear a sandwich in New York, it's chicken cutlet. I can tell when New Yorkers come to my sandwich. Shop, ask for chicken cutlet. Not as much, because they know we don't do the hot sandwiches, but they ask for mozzarella and roasted red peppers on every single sandwich that they eat. And, it's, and also salt and pepper. That's and salt, salt and pepper. we, we never met so many people that. that need salt on top of prosciutto in my life. <laughs> no salt. Prosciutto's salty enough. Have, I don't have salt and pepper behind yeah. the counter, but I just say yes, because I'm not going to go through the whole. What about someone asks for, it. like, just mayo? mayo. Yeah, got, oh, yeah, yeah, got and my it. guys know, too, and they're like, yeah, salt and pepper, yeah, we got it, we got it.
4: <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> we were but, talking about that before because we were saying, like, what is New York's signature? I asked Sabina, do we have a New York Yeah, when well, you think of New York sandwich?
0: sandwiches, chicken cutlet,
1: yeah. mozzarella, what?
4: roasted red pepper, salt, pepper. I That's thought everybody I in the world ate that. I thought that was
2: normal.
1: No, no. Yeah. Is your sub considered, or do you guys refer to it as a hero?
2: Hero.
4: Hero, I, get, I yeah, snap. Some people say subs.
1: <laughs> I snap
2: when I hear sub
4: grinders. Grinders. Grinders, grinders. Them we don't grinders. call them grinders. You guys call grinders.
0: subs. That's like sub. Pittsburgh or New Jersey yeah, or
4: something. It calls them a grinder. There's we another don't. word for it, too. Hero, grinders, I forget. Hoagies. 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 Submarine. Can I get a Sandwich. submarine? <laughs> that's like Frankfurter. My right. grandfather still says Frankfurter. You going to get a Frankfurter? I'm like, that's all. <laughs> what is it? I, want, I try to remind myself to say Frankfurter instead of hot dog.
2: <laughs> Do you get mad when customers, like, order these imported
0: Italian meats with mayo or mustard it bothers the shit out of me yeah <laughs> I, I mean I'll do it you're you're eating it at the end of the day right but if you're putting mayo on a prosciutto sandwich it drives me nuts I had a kid I promise you this happened he came in he ordered a prosciutto sandwich you know it was like John from Schomburg or something like that right no no offense but that's like you know suburbs right yeah and he ordered prosciutto, and he ordered. He said, "Can I have ranch dressing on there?" Holy oh. smokes! So <laughs> That's was, what, that like, might be where I draw the line. We to say, bang, that made my we neck were, hurt. We were banging. I mean, there was people everywhere, so I didn't have time at that moment to go through it with him, right? But I was you like, "You don't like, even no, have ranch, ranch, ranch. No, no, we don't have ranch. <laughs> we don't put ranch on our salads here, much less a sandwich." <laughs> and I was like, "No, no ranch, whatever." So, uh, if you, and you guys kind of see the flow. Like, you order, you stand in line, you pay, and then you kind of wait in this line, and we call you out. And then when we're rolling, it's it time out well. Yeah. So it was his turn, you know, and, I, and so his sandwich, he sat in line, he paid the whole deal, came back up, I called him, and, he, you know, he reached for a sandwich, and I said, come a little closer, you know, and I said, and I got close to him, and I didn't, like, say it out loud, I just wanted him to, and I said, listen, if you ever order ranch in my fucking store, I'm going to kindly ask you, know? <laughs> <laughs> and he started laughing, his ad, he goes, I really appreciate you telling me that, I promise I won't, stuff like
2: that, People but, need know, to be, like, educated when it yeah, comes to this stuff. I like, think so. Like, we can't let them run
0: like. But that's rampant. part of our job, like the jardinera. Like, how do you pronounce it? Yeah. What do you put yeah, it yeah. on? And, you know, that's, uh, that's where we shine. So, you know, I'll tell you a million different ways to use it. So what's the
2: typical Italian-American Chicago sandwich that, with Uh
0: Provolone, you know, the most standard to me, like our Italian. Provolone cheese, Genoa salami, mortadella, a capicola. Lettuce, tomato, vinegar, oregano, and jardinera. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's a That's You can get that pretty much any sandwich shop. You walk in and order an Italian. Some people do, like, ham instead of a capicola or something like that. But there's there's mortadella, salami, and capicola on it for sure.
2: I wanted to ask uh, you and Angelo a little bit about what this whole... uh, uh, Italian beef, right? It's a big Chicago thing. Hmm. But... Is it really frowned upon that we can't have cheese on it? And, like, explain the dip situation. Like,
4: Yeah, the dip thing is. The dip
2: thing is
1: crazy.
4: Out there. How they dip the sandwich. Yeah, like, do you,
2: you wine, like you guys nice actually juicy. like that?
1: Yeah, I. if I'm going to order it, I'm going to order it easy dip, right? Because I want to be able to eat it. So I
2: just ordered a half dip. Is that easy dip? Perfect, yeah. Okay. But no it's cheese, cool. huh?
1: No.
0: Not cheese whiz, for sure. Definitely not cheese Not like yeah. a Philly cheese or something well, like that. Like, two slices
2: of provolone wouldn't hurt it, right?
4: Beautiful, yeah.
0: <laughs> Cheesy beef. What about if we do a provolone whiz?
4: We
2: just melt down we some had provolone, had a, can,
4: right? a can of whipped provolone <laughs> I'm whiz just going to come for, here and yeah. try to change, like, from <laughs> my influence.
2: Like,
0: here we go. Let's, uh... I think it's really just, like, the purity of it. And the Italian beef started because people didn't have money. Right? And they had this meat, and they had all these people to feed and they're like, how do we feed all these people with this one chunk of meat? And like, how do you guys make your sandwiches? You slice it paper thin. You throw it in the juice to heat it up. Like cheese wasn't an option. You should have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it gets. But I, I mean, it's not a big deal, right? I mean, you order mayo on a prosciutto. I've always felt like charging like five bucks for somebody to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but a penalty like I thing. Said, is like, Yeah. Eat what you want. I'll make what you want as long as you're yeah, here. That's you the extra. most important uh, thing. I think. Right? I think now's
2: the time I ask like all my Chicago food
4: questions. Yeah, you got a lot of them. I Get it out. We got, got them. them all right.
2: Yeah. So let's just let's just do all these questions now. Get it out of the way. Shoot them out. Um, why do you guys hate ketchup? Why do Chicago natives or, you know, Chicago residents hate ketchup? I think it's specifically on a hot dog. Yeah, you
0: got to finish that sentence. We hate ketchup on a hot dog. So
3: on fries is okay. Yeah, sure. It's okay.
1: Because
2: I went to Johnny's Beef in Elmwood Park and... We asked for ketchup, and they squirted it on a wax paper and twisted it. <laughs> I
3: was like, Get out of here. I felt like
2: I was buying a 20-bag of weed. I was like, what is this? It, it is kind of like a, a dime bag up. of yeah, ketchup. Yeah I, was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, I could just tell they were all like.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you don't go to, I mean, Johnny's has hot dogs, right? But they don't. you don't go there for a hot dog. No, you go there for an Italian. You meat, go for a you know, beef. For yeah. Italian yeah. Yeah. But they also no, they don't. don't give a shit. It's just that they know that they got to put it in a little wax paper for you.
1: Yeah, but there's places like so Gene funny. and Jude's where they don't have
0: ketchup. They don't have ketchup. No, or neither do Where it used to, you know, Jimmy's on like great. Right, yeah, uh, Pulaski, Western, Jimmy, same thing. Pulaski, thank you. And they would have billboards that said no ketchup. Yeah. Like, yeah, you make a big with, deal with, out of with, it not being like on like the big bottle. X in it. You like guys a no parking sign, but a ketchup bottle.
2: Yeah. Right. So like, exactly. So if you go to Gene and Jude's and you have order fries, you're not getting any ketchup.
0: You're not. No. Yeah, it's and not there used it's to, not be there to be, have it.
1: There used to be a Cock Robbins, which was an ice cream shop, yep. next door. It's like a Baskin-Robbins? What did you call it? Yeah, Cock, it's, it's Cock, it's Cock Robbins. Cock, like the rooster? Like a, yeah.
3: yeah. Like a, yeah. Like a yeah. rooster? Like a, like a
1: rooster?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what I was
1: going <laughs> to Where's your ball head ball. at? That's <laughs> Baskin-Robbins'
4: um, husband. <laughs> so this, this Cock
1: Robbins place next door would, at some point, started to sell ketchup. So everybody oh. knew from ketchup, joint. you yeah. would go for yeah. the ice, ice cream shop, shop. That's smart. It's a that little, is smart. little packets of ketchup. So
0: little dime bags of ketchup. <laughs> I
4: don't know. I'm going to be honest. I love that. If
1: I don't mind a little ketchup
0: on my hot dog. I don't care. I mean, I'm not a hot dog stand. I I am one of those like you don't. If you're over the age of seven years old, you're you a don't purist? put ketchup
4: on a hot dog. Yeah. That's Where, just your straight up. On this, John? i do not catch ketchup on the hot dog guy. It's not, I have no, like, skin in the game. Uh-huh, I think I've come to the point. I like onions, like the red onions we do in the city. Uh-huh. I like a little vid- mustard. Yeah, vid- yeah like the those, like, like the cooked ones a little yeah, yeah. bit. I like those, too. Yeah. I'm out of sauer well, more sa- more sauerkraut. No yeah. sauerkraut? Yeah, a little bit. It depends. See, you think ours is weird. You put sauerkraut yeah. on a hot yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Like, the Isn't normal? Isn't that how they start? <laughs> for me? For me? What German
4: people do, no? I don't it's like, like frankfurter?
2: Yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right, let's. <laughs> let's Sounds like it. a frankfurter. We're going to compare our our glizzies right now.
4: <laughs> you taught me that yeah, today. I,
2: I taught John. What, you know, do you guys know what glizzy is? Yeah, I do not. It's what the I cool can. New York kids call hot dogs.
4: I never see. I'm still calling them frankfurters. That's so, my so, in New York, <laughs> I you're like cool. three generations. I never been cool. Done right, right, my, right. You, look at my music playlist. I'm not that cool. <laughs> I promise.
2: So, all right, I, I would say a typical New York New York hot dog would be sauerkraut. Mustard, and some people put mustard and ketchup. And ketchup, yeah, right? yeah, that that's like a traditional. And other option, option, yeah. The other, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The other option would be, um, the those
4: onions that are cooked, the stewed onions, sweet sauce, caramelized onion, yeah, like caramelized yeah. onions. Yeah. 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 but we, they got like a red something it's not ketchup. The they call the onions. Something like so. that. I don't know. Yeah.
2: See, they like they come in a bag. I actually put that on a, a roast beef sandwich. Okay. That roast beef, good. cheddar, onions, right. less tomato mayo. Good. So yeah, those are like the two standard now. Correct me if I'm wrong. A Chicago right. dog is onion, sport peppers.
4: Raw onions,
3: yeah, right? Raw raw white. Chuck, right. Yeah,
2: chunks. Yeah. Like little cute. Little yeah.
0: Yes.
2: Sport peppers? Yes, sir. We don't even have sport peppers in New York. Really?
4: For no. for
0: people, sport peppers like a little like
3: uh, spear peppers. It's like a
0: spe- yeah, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's a pepper that's been cured in vinegar, right? Kind of like the jardinera, yeah. but it stays in that vinegar. Uh, and it's its own pepper. It's not a Serrano yeah, pepper. Yeah, it stays whole, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is a and, tomato. and tomato? Slices of tomato. Relish. And, and pickles. Relish. Right? Yeah. Right? Pickles. Relish. Pickle. Bright green relish yep. is the big thing. Pickle spear.
4: Yeah. Uh-huh. sure. So it's double pickles, basically. Can't
0: forget about that.
4: Jesus. And the yellow mustard. And we're weird for putting sauerkraut on it. That's like, that's a yeah. lot of combo on that hot dog. It's a lot of stuff.
0: I just I'm I'm surprised that you got that many people making sauerkraut that well. Where it's like
4: no, I say it's, it's all it's all packaged. It's, yeah, it's not good. It's, it's just all packaged. We just have it's to not eat it. typically on a uh, yeah. Beef. I could okay. be completely
2: wrong, but right. I think sauerkraut helps the digestive su- system.
1: So
3: yeah, they say it's good, it for, your say it's good yeah. for your gut. Yeah. I
2: mean, I don't listen to my no, trainer.
3: <laughs> As you can tell, I don't
2: take a lot of advice from my trainer.
3: But, but he's, he's always me. telling me,
2: like, Yo, when you eat these steaks, you should eat sauerkraut. And I'm
0: like, well. You want to know? So you know, know you're going like, to start a new trend with the sauerkraut. I want to know who had the, the market in the sauerkraut.
4: Some German family made a ton of money on the percent. Of yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. How that uh, that's
0: how that started. That's how that started.
4: The weirdest hot dog, the best hot dog I ever had. Nothing to do with being Italian. Chicago, New York, was in Reykjavik, Iceland. They make a lamb hot dog with chipped onions, like the roast, like the you know the, they fry them chi- like crispy, crispy okay. onions, mm-hmm. yeah. mayonnaise, uh, like sauteed onions, and, sa- and bacon. It's the most delicious thing I ever had in my life. Like a chili like, dog, almost. I don't know. It, it was like not liquidy though. It was it was the best hot dog I ever had in my life. One boot on the middle of the nowhere on the water in Reykjavik, Iceland.
2: I guess this brings me to my next question. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
4: Wow. Not to me. No, you? I
0: mean I don't take no. That way, no.
2: I, I gotta be honest. I think a Chicago dog is more of a
0: sandwich than yeah. ours. Why cause all the stuff yeah, on the, the it? Tomato, yeah the tomato, pickles, mustard. I don't know. It's I don't hamburger? I don't think is it cheese I thought is a cheeseburger a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> when you go to a when you go to a diner, right? Uh-huh. And it says sandwiches, and then it says burgers, right? Uh-huh. You don't You're find right. hot dogs under the sandwich thing. You don't find burgers under the sandwich list. All right, that's a good idea. my opinion. He's a that's purist. Just, He's a purist. My <laughs> a purist. just my two don't cents. Don't put ranch on prosciutto. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, uh, one more. I, I got so many food questions, it's, it's bad. Um, but, yeah, But I always ask these same questions because I like to hear people's opinions, especially, you know, the Chicago boys. But... Deep dish pizza. Are you guys claiming it or not?
0: Ange, you're more of a pizza guy to me. You can go first I, on that. I'm going to
1: have to say yes. Yeah. So you love deep dish?
0: I don't love deep dish. I'll See, eat it. You took a leap with that. <laughs> 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 you're, you're, That's like the sauerkraut.
3: Like yeah, yeah. we treat sauerkraut. And do you claim it? <laughs> yes. So you love it. Yeah. No. Like <laughs> but no, I, as you it.
1: get older, it's tough to eat. It is. Right? It tough is. to digest. So I had
2: lot. deep dish here once. And it's super, super, super heavy. But it wasn't bad. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's, once in yeah, a while, it's, it's good. It's yeah,
0: good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's tomatoes and melted cheese mm-hmm. and a good crust, and you know. But that's not the only pizza. It's not we pizza. Have. I mean, right. we have tavern. We have great. We have tavern. We have great pizza here. Yeah. See what I'm trying to do, and I heard this from a kid that I know who sells pizza ovens. Forza pizzas. Great kid. Mm-hmm. He's like on a mission to get. He doesn't like when people call our pizza tavern style. Right? We need to call that Chicago-style pizza.
3: Yeah. And right? Get out of that.
0: Get out of it. Circle pizza, dish. cut it in squares, call that Chicago pizza. Yeah. Don't call it tavern-style. So we, no,
2: you want to start a petition and taverns. do this? Yeah, we're, we're working on it. On, we're on it. From we're a PR right. perspective, that's a good
4: move. That's yeah. a very good move. Because it, yeah. it gets people's mentality away from right. deep dish, which is right. very yeah. controversial. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Deep dish started
0: here from Pizzeria Uno. Is that right? It was Uno or Melnati or Giordano's. It had to have been one of them. Yeah. So and yeah, that's you know, why I don't like to discount it, because that's discounting some legacy yeah, yeah, yeah. industry people in this Chicago. Like, yep. great people still running crazy, grew like crazy, great great, successful, well, well-earned success. I don't, like, get pissed off when people talk about Chicago Deep Dish and it's not our pizza. Like, it is our pizza. But when you come over to our home, if we're ordering pizza because it's a Friday night... Nine times out of ten, you're not ordering deep. dish. When, ordering.
2: when is the one out of ten that you order the deep dish?
0: When New Yorkers come over. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a great, that's hey, a great yeah, answer. Yeah, a, I didn't mean to set you up like that. But, oh, let's put know. them to bed. <laughs> let's <laughs> knock them out. We're all like a done.
2: pool coma. Like yeah. <laughs> you're done for
3: hours.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I was always, uh, what's up, what? I was always curious why you know they cut it into squares, though. For the e- tavern
0: style, easier to eat, yeah, yeah, and split it up for more people. Yeah, you enjoy I think it. that started yeah. as a kind of a poverty thing as well. Yeah, that we makes got sense. this that whole makes sense. thing cut it up small. Yeah, I'm asking does... these questions
1: because you're from New York. I'm think... asking
2: these questions because I know they're going to go crazy on TikTok. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: you know, um, now let, let's talk a
2: little bit uh, about your story, your family story, Angelo. Please. Sure.
1: So similar to Jimmy's, or partially similar, my parents came here. Uh, my father came in 66 and my mother came in 68. Um, my mother's parents were master tailors, Sicilian descent from Catania, but moved to Florence to, to be suit makers. And they got recruited by Hart Marks, Hart, Hart Shaftman Marks, which was a high end suit maker here. So they got recruited to come here and do that. So obviously they brought my mother and my uncle along. My father came in 66. His parents, my grandparents on, on my father's side, were merchants there. They they had farms. They had they had a small little vineyard. They pickled different vegetables. They made sopressata. They made capicola. They made everything. With the difference, like all of our families, we made it for ourselves. They made it to and sell. eventually started to wholesale it, right? Smart. So my dad grew up doing that. But my dad was kind of a knucklehead, so. Um, he won't agree to that now, but he was definitely a knucklehead. So my grandfather sent him to work for a coffee company there called Sycoff. Sycoff is like our Hills Brothers in Italy. And um, he developed a passion for coffee. Went from lugging coffee sacks around to roasting coffee. And came came to Toronto on a trip to visit some friends. Um, they took a drive from Toronto to Chicago. Um and he met my mother. Okay. And ultimately, and they fell in with, love. Yeah, they fell in love. They he he moved here, 1968. He opened up his first place on Chicago Avenue, basically an Italian bar, right? In Italy, like Italy. like a, like the cafe, like the cafe, like a, bar bar. Like bar, like bar, a legit right, cafe. Right. What you would get, and and it was just the Italian community. It was the only place where the Italian went to get to get a good espresso, legit espresso. And then a couple years later, he bought a coffee roaster grandfather, my grandfather gave him the money, bought a coffee roaster, started roasting coffee here. Um, my parents got married. Um, my mother would cook for us in the back of the cafe. There was a coffee roaster on one corner. My mother had a little kitchen there. We got out of school and that's where we went. So my brother and I were influenced by that. Um, that's so funny because that's the way exactly it was for us too. Yeah. 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 So um, you know, fast forward, my mother ended up opening up a very successful Italian restaurant here called Ristorante Italia. It was on Harlem Avenue, um, which is basically that second Little Italy, let's call it, across across the street is Elmwood Park, so heavy Italian community. Um, she opened up there in the late 70s. Eventually, my father moved his his plant right next door there. They ended up buying more, more of the property there, and they pretty much made that their home base. So my brother and I grew up in the business. We were influenced by it. I developed a passion for it. Um, unfortunately, after 30-something years of marriage, my parents got divorced. So my brother and I said, we're out. We're going to go do our own thing. It was a little bit little bit rough. They both came to this country with nothing, and they built some amazing business. Um, so my brother and I went off, and we started our own company called Fertelli Lolino, Fratelli meaning brothers. Um, uh, coffee company, basically espresso. And then eventually we got into gelato. We started to make gelato, wholesaling gelato. And here we are, you know, 30 years later. Um, and now my kids are in the business with me. me also. You know, all three of my kids are doing it. So my wife and I opened up Masa back in 1990. We opened wow. up our, wow. our first restaurant. And, um, yeah, and today we, we sell to some of the best Operators in Chicago, including Jimmy, yes. I, you know, him talking about this place, I get the chills because as a kid, my parents used to come here, and there was a place across the street called Luca. Luca, Luca Pacchi. Pacchi. Yeah. yeah. And this is what where did they, they
2: sell? What did Luca sell? Similar, yeah.
1: Yeah, cans of tomatoes, olive yeah. oil, stuff. Yeah, like and that. then if you go to Fulton Market here, you would get your meat. So they would come here and pick up Italian. So it was like a real item. Italian
2: market, exactly. Yeah. Get the food for the week or. Yeah, and I would, Everything always,
1: I would always get in trouble because <laughs> I was a chubby little guy that would come in, and they'd have all these barrels lined up right here, right? Oh, The olives, yep. the, the olives were back in the back, yeah. yeah. And the
0: spices used to be up here.
1: So stick our hands in there, right? And then we used to eat the olives, and eventually, it would get that film, film on that top, little white film. Yeah. yeah. What, what was that film?
0: Uh, bacteria. Bacteria. It's bacteria from your hands. <laughs> even yeah, but even if your hands are like super clean. Um, It's the natural oil in your skin. Yeah. Yeah, that one that mixes with the brine. It's just as to develop the film. Nice. Now we have everything
2: closed in here (laughs) for (laughs) that reason. Right. Or we could just wait people when they come in and when they come out. (laughs) My dad always says that to me when I'm working. He's like, you know, whenever I took a break. um, Actually, it would be a funny question to ask you guys. But uh, just, you know, growing up in family businesses, I guess that's something we all could relate to is that, you know, working for our fathers... In the family business um how was that for you guys were were was your dad like a little hard on you guys
3: (laughs) (laughs) a little little hard yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and i was very close with his father as well his father was kind of a mentor to me too he used to come to my restaurant because they lived in that area but yeah listen my 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 old man was tough man i mean tough it was it was no bullshit but you know my brother and i laugh about it now that we've We've both found some success. If he wouldn't have been that hard on us. You guys right.
2: wouldn't have been the way you yeah, are. Yeah,
1: you know, as uh-huh. bad as it was, when you think bad, how many paliats we got. Yeah. You know. It's just knocking you back in line. Yeah, man. That's really all it was. Yeah. God forbid I slap one of my kids now, you, you know. It. it's And I'm fortunate. I got. You can't you know, do, you I can't do me that though. stuff now. We have great no, kids, no. And, and they learn from us. But, yeah, my, my dad was tough, man. Yeah, me,
2: me and John always compare, like, how our dads come from the same town in Italy, and, um. Where's that? It's in Salerno. Okay. And our town only has like 2,000 people. And like my family, like if you go back just one generation, we had farms, we had sheep, you know, so the work ethic was always was always like that. But um, yeah, what, like working for my dad, like a summer job, I would like he would always tease me if I ever ate anything, like,
4: oh, I lose money
2: with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
4: never forget my dad one time, uh, we went out on a Saturday or Sunday, we were living in Jersey, and we came home from church, and we had to get some like bread or something from my grandmother's, and he got it, he went to the bakery, he got it in a paper bag, and I came out of the car, and I grabbed it by the wrong side, and the bread all spilled on the, oh boy. the thing. And he got so mad, I'll never forget him getting mad. And I, and I first had a reaction, I'm like, kind of like, what is this guy making such a fuss about? And then I went back and thought about it. I was like, you know, that for him... That food, when he was a kid, if you dropped that bread on the floor, you, were, you had what no other it? bread. Yeah. And that bread signifies everything about the man he wants me to be. And it really re- it stayed with me forever. But have you met an Italian person? Have you ever met an Italian guy whose father wasn't hard on him? I haven't. I really haven't. No,
0: not not in the generations that we grew up in. I, I mean, my dad, same thing. And I mean, I know we grew up in the same way. My dad didn't play games. There's nobody that, who loved you more. Look out for you, protect you, like you guys, I'm sure. Same thing. So my father, what he would do, one thing that's like ingrained in my head, before we changed these doors, when it was like just a warehouse, there were big metal doors and it was two big padlocks, right? And um, when I was eight years old, all the way through when I got into this business after school, like, you know, graduated college, my dad would take off one of the locks, right? Right. And then he'd put the key in the second lock, and he had a way he wore glasses, and he had a way of looking at you over his glasses, and that's the look yeah, you do I not love. want to get from your, it's like a famous, it's like a famous just right over, yes, yes. Got, yeah, yeah. and just like a laser beam that burns right through you type of look. And he would tell me, when I open up this second lock, you're not my son. And I would have like a lump in my throat, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. And he would say that excessive. to me, a little exce- yeah. A little over the top, a little bit more than tough love maybe. But, you know, I can't imagine what my grandfather said to my dad because I'm sure it was, you know, yeah. a lot worse than that. But what all he was doing is trying to teach you like, listen, when we're running business, business is business yeah. and it's time to get to work. And however, I got to say something to you to get the point across. That's how it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. We leave. We put the locks on the door. There's nobody in the world who loves you more, who will take care of you, watch out for you. Business is business and work is, you know, and, yeah. and family life is family life. And there needs to be that division. Yeah. Because when you're in business with your father, and I got that to experience so hard. a very a small part of it that it actually, like, full-time for me, it crossed over before my dad passed. Uh, that division is very hard. But he set that line very, very firmly and very early on with me. And I got it. And I got it. And it, uh, it did. It makes you the man that you become. Yep. Because yep. if you can handle your father, you feel like... can't handle handle anybody. There ain't nothing
2: in the world that's going to take me out, right? So I got to ask, you said you started making sandwiches in 2005 after college. Yeah. So, one, when did you officially start work? Did you, like, work in high school, like, after work or Uh, after school or anything like that or the weekends?
0: Nine years old is, like, kind of right of passage in our family. So I had two older sisters. They started when they were nine years old. That's when you would come down on Saturdays, winter vacation, summer vacation, sweep the floors, clean the bathrooms. Our big thing was count the money back to the customers without a register because we never had like a register where you type it in and it tells yeah. you you had to be able to know how to like count it back. You know, 75 cents makes a dollar, yeah. two, three, four, five, five 5 is 10, makes your 20. Yeah. That was always a big lesson. And then for me, it was, I was driving a forklift on Randolph Street, unloading semis. At nine? Eight, nine years old, man. Before I was riding a bike fully, I knew how to drive a forklift. I mean, that's is just... Is that more impressive than getting a win in Fortnite? I'm just curious. <laughs> 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 to a nine-year-old now? Yeah. My son is six, and at the warehouse for the Jardinero, I put his ass on that, on that, on that forklift right away. Cause Allegedly. Me, I Allegedly. Like <laughs> I wasn't being mean, but you know, you put him on your lap and you... Press this and pull yeah. this and then push it forward. Listen, like my father would say, if people don't walk through that door, we don't put shoes on our feet. Yeah. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing anybody ever said to me in my life. And then after he passed and I was here and it was like, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh day in a row, your 12th, 13th, 14th hour, I mean, those words hit you so hard. Like if people don't walk through that door, we don't put shoes on our feet. Yeah. And when that clicks... That's when that deep appreciation for your clients. I know you're the exact same way. That's when that deep appreciation for when people come to choose you out of an enormous city like Chicago right. and the hundreds of thousands of places that you can go get gelato or a pizza or a sandwich, and they choose you. Yeah. Right? The world. You walk in my store, the world stops, yeah. and I take care of what you got.
3: And yeah. I know I'm sure. You when do I it walked in
2: here way. today, you were like front and center taking the orders, and this place was jam packed. And that you were the most important guy behind the counter.
0: It's just to control the flow and it's to show not only my customers, but the team that works for me. Like, I will do I everything yes.
1: today. Like, you're back there all the time.
2: Yeah. My dad, too, is like, You're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
3: answering emails.
4: <laughs> well, like the but be- the best general leads from the middle, right? You got to be able to do everything that everybody else is asked to do and you got to be. You know, I remember when I was working in D.C., I was the head of the National Italian American Foundation, and the toilet broke, and we, was, you know, we had to run a tight yeah. budget. And I'm like, I'm fixing this toilet. I rolled up my sleeves. I put my necktie in my shirt. Uh-huh. I actually ended up breaking the toilet, and then I had to get to it. <laughs> but <laughs> I tried, you know. Uh, I really tried. Like Lesson learned. Learn. Yeah. <laughs> <thing like> that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from the way you were brought up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Angel, when did you start officially working? Same thing. I, I was making gelato. I was 12. Wow. The gentleman that my dad brought over, his name was Nicola, was a barista slash gelatier, gelato guy, Mm -hmm. supposed to come and spend six months with us, Uh, moved in our house, and um, ended up spending two years with us. Cool cat, he was probably 19, 20, I was 10, 11, 12, right around that period, Um, and I would Obsessively watch him make this gelato, and he would do these really cool decorations on it. I mean, just typical of all of us—Italian passion, you know. Real, and, real um, artist. Yeah, with exactly. With a little extra flair. Yeah, with For a little extra. fine private, Italian little, hand, you yeah, know. That's what had, it's about, and that's what our parents taught us. But he bailed. My dad thought he convinced him to stay with us. He ends up bailing, going back to Italy, and who's making the gelato now? I'm making gelato at, you know, at 10 years old and my brother's roasting coffee at, you know, <laughs> at 12, right? Wow. We're, we're running the back of the house there and, you know, every batch I would make, I would bring it out to my dad, you know? So he could try? What do you think? You like the vanilla, you like the nochola? And he would always compliment me. Once in a while, he'd be playing cards, briscola, whatever, and he'd be like,
4: Pocco più Limone, you know, a little bit more. You, you know. can never say it's good. No, no you got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to have a conditional to it. Yeah, there's <laughs> a condition. For an audience that doesn't necessarily always know, right, because people get this mix up all the time, what makes gelato different from ice cream, American ice cream? Because yeah, it's a very good, different question. product. Yeah.
1: So I'll, I'll start out by saying if you think about real good Italian food, uh, it's cleaner, yeah. cleaner from a perspective of you're not – saucing the hell out of it. You're not cheesing the hell out of it. You're enjoying the pasta, you're enjoying the tomatoes or whatever the ingredient is. Gelato is the same thing. It's real ingredients, right? So we're importing the best pistachio paste, the best hazelnut paste from Piemonte. When we're using fruit flavors, we're using either fresh or IQF fruit. Um, So it's a a real product. Uh, The second thing is the butterfat content. Traditional American ice cream is from 12% custard is 25 or 30% on the average best for that reason. Yeah. yeah. On average, you are probably 12 to 15% butterfat. Whereas gelato ours is 7% butterfat, but in Italy, if you know, the further south you go, the less butterfat. They go in Sicily, they go down to 4 or 5%. you go to northern Italy, it's, you know, typically 7-8% butterfat. So the butterfat content is half. So, yes, from a fat perspective, it's it's less, right? Um and then the last thing is traditional ice cream, they add air to it, they add overrun to it. So that builds volume, air is free, and that's where they make their money, where, you know.
2: It's more fluff, like a fluffier.
1: It's, yeah. yeah, it's fluff. Yeah. Think of making a meringue, you know, it's the yeah. same thing. As you whip it, they, they add air to it, 10, 20, 30% overrun to add air to it, where traditional gelato is made in a batch freezer, and it gets its natural overrun, which is 20 to 30%, depending on the flavor. Uh, but, yeah, so the basis of it is it's the ingredients, right? It's the butterfat content. And the last thing is the amount of air that's in, infused
4: into it. So, yeah. It uh, eats different. It eats very different. Yeah,
1: uh, and it tastes way different, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And listen, once in a while, I'd like to have American ice cream. I sure. like that, you know, that buttery flavor.
4: It's but... like deep dish. So, once in a blue moon, it's right. great. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great One out of 10, though. When yeah. I can't right. sleep, this is going to be great. <laughs> let, let
1: me ask you guys a New York question. I was just in New York last week. I and mean, I love New York pizza. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm always staying in the meatpacking district just because I think it's it's a jumping located. area too. What's that? It, it's, ju- it's a jumping area. It's, yeah, it's, it's cool. cool and it's centrally located. We were there for for a convention, so it was near the Javits Center. But that there's Joe's Joe's Pizza. Has, Joe's Pizza that has two two locations. I didn't have way more than two now. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So. I think I went there at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning this past Friday, and it was... At Carmine nine. Street? Uh, like, the main it's one? right off of Bleecker. Yeah, Carmine. Yeah, it. Right. Is it Carmine's? Yeah. yeah. And then there's John's of Bleecker there. Yes. Yep. So, that Joe's Pizza that cranks out all that pizza. It's the slice comes out, like, you're waiting for the slice to come out. Right? Dude, it's... It's incredible. It's incredible. And I see a blodget, a three-deck small blodget oven... Are they slinging pies in the back too? It doesn't look like it. No,
2: I don't think they do deliveries like that. There Meaning, right? are they, is there
1: more ovens in the back?
2: I'll be honest. The other, the other, um, the other Joes don't compare it to that one. That's that's the one. Like if you go to the one in my area, Williamsburg, it's not going to be the same. the same. It's not the same.
4: I don't think there's any place. Very few places when they duplicate the business. Does it feel like the... I don't know if it's in the ovens that have been there a million years, or... It's very hard to replicate.
2: It's hard to replicate good food because of the extra work. Like, today when we saw a JP behind the counter, and when you go by me, you see me, my dad, not me behind the counter, you see my dad, or you go by you, you see you by the counter. It's because we put that extra effort. And when you have employees, it's a little harder to get them to really love what they do, because... That's the truth of the matter. So when you're opening ten places,
0: right? It's going you, to get watered down. It gets, at some point. It gets
2: watered down, as somewhere down the line, it's just impossible because it's not the same care. Um, what I want to ask you about the gelato? Um, what was a flavor that I never saw that when we were, we were put in Chicago it pothole? Okay, Chicago pothole.
1: So that flavor, uh-huh. we created that flavor for the gelato world tour. Um, gelato world tour. So that was a competition that was here in 2016 that we took first place for. That took us to congratulations. Italy. Yeah, thank you. Wow. So we wanted something unique. We wanted something to
0: tie. I to want Chicago. to go on a gelato I world was just tour. That right? sounds. <laughs> that sounds like the best <laughs> the, vacation. If you're going on a world tour,
4: that's yeah. the world tour to go. On, really. I'm leaving um, my tight shirts at home yeah, for that yeah. one. That <laughs> sounds fantastic. But, um,
1: we wanted something. To, You know, something to tie to Chicago, right? Because we were competing for the Americas. It was like South America, Central America, and North America. So I competed against people from Brazil, I don't know, Canada, everywhere. Some some badasses too. Some really good, really good chefs. But um, so, Chicago pothole is basically our rendition of Rocky Road, right? Chicago tends to have a lot of potholes, (laughs) right? And a lot of it has to do with the the snow and the salt that they put down to melt the snow. Yeah, right? right. So get a lot of potholes so rocky road chicago pothole but ours is a really nice premium dark chocolate with marshmallows candied walnuts um, a chocolate ganache that's drizzled too out nice and then a little bit more chocolate and some nice chocolate chunk pieces it sounds amazing it's fire all right so for
2: everybody listening to this um you do wholesale and you you ship direct to consumer we do, yeah. So
1: we we met, yeah. We we basically make we have uh, coffee roasting, gelato, and we have a frozen pizza line that derived from masa from our restaurant. That that part of our business uh, I I do with my one of my daughters Gianna and my son Joey. He he supervises uh, production. That business wholesales the gelato direct to restaurants, mm-hmm. direct to consumer through retailers, right? So different grocery stores, whether it's Mariano's or Doms or you know a ton of them here. And then we'll sell to we sell to some of the best restaurants here. What's the
2: best way for somebody to get your gelato? Like, let's say for the wholesale side and direct-to-consumer, what, what are yeah, the routes to Yeah,
1: we have a website called Verovia, dot okay. net. Okay. And uh, You can get it from there.
2: Okay. Yeah.
4: What's your favorite flavor?
1: Uh, I'm a chocolate guy, man. I love Just chocolate. Just like straight chocolate? Just
0: straight dark chocolate. Your no-cholo
4: was fire. Thank you. JP, what's your it's favorite?
0: Pistachio. That's my yeah, favorite. Pistachio, pistachio to me. Pistachio. Pistachio to me is the best gelato that exists only because, like Angelo's, you know, like that that dark brownish yeah. color that yeah. it has, and you know it's like real pistachio yeah. being used and not like that bright green crab. I have to ask. I'll the the eat the
4: green crab too, don't get me wrong. I like that. Yeah, but the, but the real. It. Yeah, C- yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like the orange. Orange. It's got I like the real flavor. Sicilian like olive. Srashatella
2: deserves honorable mention too. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Srashatella is great. I'm a Sicilian pistachio guy. That one, to me, when you're Sicilian, Pistachio, it's like you. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making up, but you, it's just like in you, psychologically yeah. in you. I have that. I can't get enough. I of it. agree with you. you like like I, I said, his
2: is
1: like a little. It's like that brown
2: color, so it's, yeah. it's rigid. rigid. It's yeah, it's yeah rigid. you, know, you un- taste the difference. Unfortunately,
1: though, a lot of people in this country don't appreciate that. Right. You Why know? yeah. so, uh,
2: isn't it green? Yeah,
1: right. right. It, it, it they don't, up, what's wrong with it. And You're and like, no, that's the best one. That's really good. It's great. changed, right? As yeah. The stuff that we ate, you know, eating arugula and um, uh, radicchio and dandelions growing up was like, ah, you know, it's right. like going to school with a Nutella sandwich, right? <laughs> what is that, conky? Yeah, yeah, right. Conch. Some crusty-ass <laughs> Italian bread. You know, what are you eating? Chocolate? You know, look, look yeah, chocolate it's, it's the same thing, you know? is popular now. I'm going to ask the important yeah.
2: question. What gelato sells the most, though?
4: Uh, it's probably vanilla.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I always think it's no
2: chola. What does that say
4: about the world? That vanilla is the most popular thing out there, like plain. We just want plain, you know. Ours is Italian vanilla, so it's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of egg in it. Yeah, Um, but
1: I I would say pound for pound, it's got to be vanilla. I it's and it's got to be that in uh, in ice cream too.
4: What's your favorite sandwich here?
1: My favorite sandwich here and I always get it is fresh mozz, tomato, prosciutto, lettuce and olive oil. I'm not a vinegar guy. Oh, vinegar, Today right. it went light because I figured I'm going to be on camera, I got to wash my figure a little bit. I, I put about turkey that. on it. So
0: turkey. I, I got to ask
2: why we say mozz. I don't know.
0: Instead,
4: Instead of moots.
2: No, we don't say mo
0: we say
4: mutts. You guys say moots. People say moots, mozz. I don't say we either of those things. Fresh
2: mozz. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fresh Proper months,
1: Italian? We say mats. It's like yeah. you guys were talking about Jardinier. In, in Italian, it's giardiniera.
4: Yeah. yeah. Right? But Chicago yeah. accent. But
2: you got <laughs> a... That's why dinner. George used to call him. May he rest
4: in peace. Born on him George Randazzo was the founder of the Sports Hall of Fame. Good man. He was like my third grandfather. Good I, man. I came out here all the time. For him. I miss that guy. It's the first time I've been to Chicago without him, actually. son's a badass, too. Both of his sons are badasses, yeah. <laughs> uh, shout-outs to Yeah. Him. yeah oh, big yes. shout-outs to the Randazzo family. Yeah. Some of the best They're people. people. May George rest in peace. I love that guy. Show. But I always used to love... I miss... I wish I had a voicemail, because in his accent... My name's John, but he called me Jan. Jan, we got a big thing to do. And I miss that. I love that. That was that Chicago yeah. Jan. Yeah. So made me happy. Oh, Jan. 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 Jan, we're going to this place. I used to get so excited. All
2: right, but what about, um, what, what, do you, what would you say is your most popular sandwich here? Uh, our Mr. G. Mr. It's G, like
0: that's the, what we had today. That's the house special. That's the one I named after my father after he had passed. Basically took all his favorite stuff. Sharp imported provolone, prosciutto, supersata, Genoa salami. And then I started, I really like to cook. Growing up in this as a warehouse, this was like always kind of like my pantry, so I really enjoy cooking. And we had access like, to the best stuff. And I'd make this vinaigrette with a truffle mustard. So from Italy, it's uh, Dijon mustard with bits of black truffle. Mm-hmm. Thin it out with some balsamic vinegar, emulsify in the extra virgin olive oil, it makes a dressing. And I would make it as a salad dressing.
2: You're fancy,
0: so fancy. (laughs) I just uh, buy ranch. Um, I'd make that as a salad dressing, and my buddies and my wife, who was like you know my girlfriend or fiance at the time, was like you should put this on a sandwich. And all was kind of coinciding, so put the truffle vinaigrette on there, marinated artichokes, fresh basil for a little you know pop of freshness. And then our signature move to me is that we mix the red wine vinegar and the oregano with the lettuce Mm. before it goes on a sandwich. Yeah, like it gets a a little, yeah. But you get a consistent flavor throughout the whole thing. It's not just biting in that a piece of bread that has a little vinegar on it. I think that's a really important thing. We sell that like you wouldn't believe, and then the Italian is uh, second to that. And then even behind that is, like, the spicier, the prosciutto, and then the turkey is, like, fifth.
2: What did you go in college for? What did
0: you major in? Political science, and I was say, the way the way you're one. making sauces,
2: I don't know if you went to
0: like culinary. No. you would imagine I would have taken like a business class or a cooking class. My original plan, my father didn't force me into doing this. Yeah, what as made a you? Career. What made you want to do it? Because <laughs> I feel like
2: once you, once like a lot of, um, like a ta- the the kids of Italian American business owners, the second they get a college degree, it's like, oh, I don't want to do. Yeah, I don't want to follow those. I didn't tubs. want to.
0: I didn't want to. So I had a, I had to work here growing up. No choice. When it got time for me to, you know, be of high school age and stuff like that, my father said, You don't have to do this. In fact, if my dad almost like pushed me away from doing it more than anything before we being very, very honest, he said, Go to school, I'll pay for whatever you want to do and go find what you love. And I was like, Great, I don't want to do this. I'll see you later. And I went to DePaul, it's in Lincoln Park, nice school, political science. I was gonna get into law school afterwards. I wanted to be a lawyer. And halfway through my sophomore year, I don't even have the words for it, to be honest with you, man. It was like a magnetic pull. Like, what are you doing? Who wants to be a lawyer? You know what I mean? Like, you have this amazing family history on this amazing corner. And this wasn't, like, Randolph Street then. I mean, there was still, this was still wholesale market. It wasn't like, you know, now there's no boo across the street from us. This wasn't like, I, I, didn't, don't. I didn't get into it because it was a fancy neighborhood and, like, up and coming. It was still a rough neighborhood. And what I learned was a very rough-shaped business when I got into it and looked into, like, the books for the first time in my life. It was, like, it was like my destiny, and I'm not trying to sound cliche or, like, make a story of it. Honestly, it was, I couldn't explain it. I was like, man, this, this is where I need to be. And I told my dad, and he was happy, especially because I came to the decision on my own. And he was, you know, you got to finish school, and I was fine with that. And up and down Halstead from Lincoln Park to, to the West Loop. And I would go to school and come here or go see customers. And we started like that. So,
1: When did you guys start making subs?
0: I graduated, you know, what, summer, June 2005. By December 2005, we, we started it, doing It still daily. took
2: you six months to convince your old man, though.
0: No, my dad let me do whatever I want. Yeah? He didn't give a shit. Like, like, yeah, well, well, Not that he didn't give a shit. He knew something had to happen. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, he also fully trusted me. I never came to my father and was like, "Hey, let's open up a club." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's funny. That's sandwiches. what I used to do to my dad. I was a club promoter <laughs> for like six years. Right. But
3: dad, let's open up a club. It wasn't <laughs> like you know, I didn't
0: right. I didn't I didn't like want to stop doing what we did and yeah. turn into something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, you know, sandwiches to me was. We're not making money doing wholesale. We Mm -hmm. stayed the small mom and pop. We didn't take the technology curve. Small margins, a lot of competition. All family relationships. That's how you know. And the exclusives that my great grandpa had started with those products, those have ran out. Now there's everybody who has everything that we have. You didn't have specialties that nobody else had. That's, you know, we would sell strato back yeah, in the day, yeah, like the Sicilian that. cheese. Nobody had it, right? Mm-hmm. And it was still like when the
4: the worms were inside oh, it. Like, wow! We sold that That's shit, right? Awesome. Like I, I, I love it. weird food. Oh fun. my you god! With the yeah, bread and everything weird, like me, that, we got meat, meat? Uh, yeah. organ meat. Hey, I love stuff like that.
0: Bacala. We had all that. Stuff. We we had the stuff oh, that people didn't have, right? And so I just wanted to, like, you know, maybe we could start to make a little bit of money here. So sandwiches, to me, was like the next natural step, right? We have all this stuff. We sell all to these amazing delis. And one thing I'll say about that is, you know, there's a ton of Italian sandwich spots in Chicago and Bari. Is Is there any places that really inspired
2: you? All of them.
0: I mean, I got to, as the salesman for the wholesale company, I got to watch how other people were meticulous on how they run the business, the quality that they buy how they do this, their approach to this, what products that they use. And I took that all in. I had like a free education from it, right? And one of the biggest spots that we sold to was Bari on Grand Avenue, Frank uh, Frank and Ralph that still run it today. And in, like gold standard of sandwich shop. Yeah, I'll even still I'll yeah. still even still yeah. till today yeah. because we're so far late in the game compared to them. They went through the same thing with their father. He was a butcher, they had a grocery store. There was a bakery next door, the motto's where we get our bread. And the city guys would come in the bari and say, Make me a sandwich, make me a sandwich, because they had like the deli. And the father, Ralph and Frank's father, I don't know if you know, he would say, You buy what you want from me, you buy the bread next door, you make your own sandwich in the street. Yeah. And Ralph and Frank would be like that. Let's just make sandwiches. That's the, you
4: ultimate know. Answer. the ultimate Italian answer. We'll no, no, it. no. I don't cut the bread. You take it outside. Right. Yeah.
0: right. And they turned into like incredible. gold standard icon yeah. Chicago sandwich. Still there. Still there. Rockin', still rocking. Rockin'. And I will say, you know, everybody makes a good sandwich. But when you say like Chicago sandwiches, Bari to me, they're still always going to be up there. They've done it way longer than us. We used to sell them their meat right before we even made sandwiches. When I knew I was going to start, I went to Ralph and Frank, and I told them, listen, I don't have a future at my store if we stay wholesale, and I'm thinking about starting to do some sandwiches. And, you know, they weren't the type of guys I like, had to ask them for their blessing. I just wanted them to know it from me first. No. That's figura. Yeah, that's, that's actually You're the nice. Bella figura, yeah. yeah. And they told me, because this is how Chicago people are, Jimmy, Chicago's a big pie. Go get a piece of it they were way more interested in me finding a way of sustaining our family business than worried about a competitor in the same yeah, yeah. business. And that's how she's There's Chicago two types of is. people
2: in this world. You know, people that,
0: the, the other side would be a person like, well, oh, you stop,
2: I, that, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, you. I yeah, feel yeah, like in New York would be like, store. you'd be make competition for nonsense. That, but that's I think, it's a big problem I think for when us you're now. really
2: successful though, like when you're at the top,
0: you don't look at people as competition and you're looking true. more
4: like that way. That's probably true. To me,
0: if you're on Grand Avenue, go to Bari. If you're on Randolph Street, come here. If you're on Taylor Street, go to Fontano's. Plenty. There's, there's plenty action. It's an embarrassment of riches what this city offers you to that any part, any corner, any street, Riviera on Harlem Avenue. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Yeah. That's why you're you blessed, You get the sandwich depending on where you're at. Yeah. That's how we do it out here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And we root for each other. These people like me are supporting their family off of making sandwiches. What am I going to say? Oh, Barry sandwiches are terrible because... This is how they support their family. My father would come back and talk about a Shkaffiata in the back of the head if you ever talk like that about another family. Like, we don't do that. When people are on lists and stuff like that, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like, and it's great, believe me, Mm -hmm. but it makes me uncomfortable. Because, to me, your sandwich, what you should have, dictates by where you're at in the city, not who's got the best. This We all make great shit. I mean, it's fucking Chicago. We got amazing bread. You got your hands on anything you want. You, You know, we take the extra steps of slicing them all fresh to order and stuff like that. That's but, a big
2: difference right there. Though. Yeah,
0: and D'Amato's bread, to me, best bakery, you, you guys can get You guys got your... good
4: bread, I know. It. Very good yeah. bread. I like the That's bread. Like a nice you could do everything that stuff, we
0: though. do that I'm very meticulous on about how we slice it fresh to order and what we use. If you put that on a different piece of bread, not taken away from any bakeries that we know and love and family friends and stuff like that, but that bread, there is no better bread to make a sandwich on I than agree. D'Amato's I agree. French. It, it, yeah, it doesn't it's, exist. It's, great. it's like a pillow on the inside. You get the crunch on the outside. Yeah. Unbelievable family. We've done business back and forth forever. When we were in wholesale, we sold them like sesame seeds and tomato products. And when I had a chance to do sandwiches, there was, it's not like we had a bread tasting. I went to the models, then I thought, Vic, I need bread. I'm going to start doing sandwiches.
2: What, what I love about both of you guys is you both have the store and also the other side of the business with You're selling to Giardiniera online. Yeah. So tell us where you could get it, how you could get
0: it. Yeah. So we do um, direct-to-consumer for that. Tasterealchicago.com is the name of that website where you order the Jardinera, Jardinera seasoning, the Mufaletta, gift packs, all that stuff. We ship it coast-to-coast, anywhere to you. Um, And then I do the distribution here as well. Uh, You know how, like, we have a hot dog stand in our Home Depots? You know about that? Yeah, one, we have sausage. We on. got something you at got, Home Depot, right?
2: We have a sausage stand. I mean, the one on Woodhaven. Yeah. You got yeah, something like that, right. big thing here
4: like that, right? I'm not thinking I at like Home Depot much, but... Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Home Depot <laughs> hot dog stand. you said stand. you were fixing
0: toilets.
1: I tried yeah. to do stuff. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Although, he
4: tried to fix it. I'm starting a garden now, so I've been going to Home Depot. I, I finally learned about the it's garden. It's a beautiful yeah. garden section. Yeah, it's very nice. So when you
0: go to Home Depot for gardening stuff in Chicago, there's usually a hot dog stand. And those are very dear friends of ours. I sell my jardinera to places like that, right? And they use it on, they make beef sandwiches and hot dogs. and. They have ketchup earlier, in we, the Home Depot hot dogs, too? Is it in probably, probably. Angelo uses it at his place. Like, hot, I... mild and muffaletta. Hot mild and the muffaletta on the muffaletta sandwich. The sandwich yeah. Um sandwich. You know, and so on the distribution end, I'm growing it with, like, kind of strategic partners that, like, really fit the form of, like, a real Chicago, like Angelo yeah, does, yeah. that appreciates... You know it ain't the cheapest jardiniere you're gonna buy and that's because of the quality inside the jar uh and you have a brand ambassador behind it like you know i i've stumped for angelo the home depot hot dog stands we recently picked up uh, rosati's pizza places which are you know they it's a family that grew them all they're all over the country and they they use our jardiniere back of house so you know i've really tried to grow that as its own thing uh, i get my kids involved because they're a little little they're a little too small to come here now with how the business has changed. But the warehouse for that is out by where I live. My wife and her friend, they run the day-to-day stuff, printing the orders, packing it, shipping it. And I go there on Sundays with my kids, and they get the stories that I did. This is your name on this jar. This guy out in the middle of Alabama or whatever is ordering our Jardinera, cool. and that's uh, why there's
3: sh- makes shoes makes on your you feet. Yeah.
0: And that's why we have the home that we do. And they don't. I'm not going to force them into this thing, but to me the legacy is... Work ethic, the appreciation for what it takes to support your family, when you're a leader, how you approach that, how you take care of people, that's the legacy that I'm supposed to pass on. It ain't cases of tomatoes, it ain't sandwiches, it's all that other stuff. That makes as an Italian culture very proud. That's what makes us who we are as people. And that's what you gotta get down to the next generation. If I do that, I'll be ecstatic.
1: Yeah, and we and you know, I gotta say something as You guys are from the East Coast, and we're from Chicago. And, you know, I go to different events for different cultures, whether it's Greek cultures or, you know, you see these people hanging and just really working together, helping each other. Um, Going back to what he was saying, we have to help each other. You know, as Italian-Americans, we have to help everybody, right? But as Italian-Americans, sometimes... There's that little stigma of, well, we don't want to help each other out. There's that jealousy. You know, people are. It's so crazy because this is what I was going to say. We talk about this all the time. And you're doing doing it for Yeah, we got to, you know, and you guys, I I hand it to you guys for what you guys are doing for the Italian community on the East Coast here. We got to send a shout out to Nicolette. Yeah. I was just about to do it because I'll get killed if I don't. (laughs)
2: Honestly, I was just going to say, like, I'm so impressed about, like, the Italian American Chicago culture because being a New Yorker, I feel like. We're the best. That's all we know. Yeah. That's what's like in our face. But there's Italian American culture all over this country, and like over the last couple months, I really have learned a lot about what what's going on here, and like especially with the Avanti Group, like that's why we're here right now. Yep. Because right after this, we're going to the Avanti event, and there's going to be 180 young.
4: Excited, oh, the, the guy Italian on the roof Americans. said 150, so it's 150. Oh, 150, <laughs> sorry, 150. <laughs> those are the 30 would be yeah. waiters and waitresses. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> fire,
4: so, fire inspector, a, yeah. one of them's a fire inspector.
2: You know, I love having <laughs> these guys my co host because <laughs> I they never like, get, get in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, I'm super impressed with um, the events because I'll be honest, like we have a massive following, the biggest Italian American following when it comes to this kind of stuff, like a brand. And us to get 160 people in a room is Big impossible deal. yeah it's very hard we, like, we, we live in a place where people them.
4: compete with each other and you know you're talking about going to Baris and their enthusiasm excitement for you and like you know when we first started talking to each other he's got the biggest brand here this is the biggest italian american podcast we've probably got the second biggest italian I think we got
2: the only two, though. No, there's no, a, a lot thing out thing. there now, okay. yeah.
4: I don't want to give him any free air yeah, time, yeah. but there's... No, I track these things. There's a lot. Uh, but we didn't treat each other like competition. We treated each other like how do we make each other... Yeah. How do we help each other, you know? And, and, and it, it turned man. into a real friendship, yeah. and that's we a beautiful thing. And yeah. we got to motivate
1: the younger people to, to think, like to to think yeah. that yeah. way, man. Yeah. We, have we, to really we think we got to
4: cannibalize yeah. each other and kill each other, and then what do you do? You're left as the only one in the species, nothing left to eat. Eat other stuff. Help each other grow. That's how the species Eat sandwiches
2: in July. Eat
4: sandwiches, just no ranch dressing. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> little jardiner. Yeah.
2: No, but yeah, I, I do want to say, uh especially to you guys, thanks for helping us come out here. Oh, no, it's great. You no, know, it, honestly, this is something, when I came here months ago, I said, like, I was so fascinated by just the history of this place. And you were telling me all the stories, like, the entrance used to be there, right? Yep. Like, yeah. yep. So, like, I feel like there's almost like a Italian-American museum, too. So this was like something I really want to do, and I really appreciate you guys bringing us out here. I appreciate um, Avanti, Nicolette for setting up this event because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. And um, yeah, I don't know if you guys wanted to bring up anything else. Um,
1: what do you got, H? No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, thank you to Nicolette for definitely setting it up. But, um, yeah, I'm proud of you guys, man. You guys are doing some great things. And thank it's, you. It's nice to see as Italian-Americans, so I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful for the people that support us and come to our restaurants and you know what I mean, our family and it's all love, man. We gotta Yeah, we gotta really appreciate right it. I'll,
2: I'll make sure to put the description, the website's in the description. I appreciate it. So everybody it. Yeah. could find your stuff easily.
4: We gotta plug the IAFL because if if we Oh didn't yeah, have, absolutely. Didn't have yeah, that, yeah,
2: none of this would happen. Yeah. So yeah, we're at IFL now. Uh, we never had announce it or anything. No, I'm mean, doing
4: like, it. Yeah, we've been like I thought about it as you're talking, I'm like if we didn't have, we had this IAFL Italian American Future Leaders Conference that we ran together with our other f- friends and colleagues, and that's where we met the, Nicolette and the team from Avanti and Pasquale we met Muscles and, <laughs> I guys. can't call him Pasquale. <laughs> Muscles Marinata. You know he what? is the biggest. He's yeah. the biggest muscle Italian I've seen in a while. Yeah. but uh, And Paladino. Yeah, we met all these great yeah. kids that were doing great stuff, and all of that was born out of this idea that we wanted to have a conference. Where the future leaders of the community could get together, and there was no competition; it was all how do we rise together. I gotta give I gotta give
2: John his his flowers because the the conference him and his family did in Florida. We had young Italian American kids from all over the country: Cleveland, New Orleans, Chicago, New York, Denver, Denver. California Italians like and yeah. Jer- like, yeah, no, I, I don't know New York and Jersey all <laughs> of a sudden we have yeah. like these young Italian kids dancing like New York uh, New Orleans jazz music yeah it was wild yeah. we yeah. were doing the karaoke
4: it was awesome that and, um, part.
2: yeah so basically like we we are super excited to push the envelope here and challenge everybody to really do this because you see other cultures like they still speak the languages right? and
0: here we are like
2: we can't even, like, sit down on a table together. So,
0: yeah, It's important, Mike, right, that that's what you're supposed to, like I alluded to a little bit, like I, the, the legacy to pass on is stuff like that, right? And if you don't embrace the culture, like a good restaurant, right? Like a good restaurant or a place like this, you're supposed to bring people in, teach them the way, and you want that person to do well and that you want them to go open up their own spot, Yeah, right? And that's how you put uh, the culture above your own self-interest, right? And if everybody's protecting it like that, then it never runs out, it never goes out of style. That becomes in vogue and it's longevity, like this place. We do fun events, we do collaborations. We just had a NASCAR driver, I was <laughs> talking to Jeffrey Earnhardt that. outside. Yeah. He's racing in the I thing. What that was. Um, yeah. It was so cool. But like, I like working with real people like that. Like Jeffrey Earnhardt, amazing name in the racing community, stuff like that. Before we signed up to do anything with him, like you, had met him months previous. We talked on the phone. Just bullshitting his guys. And like you, like, you know, I had seen your stuff way before you ever came here. And But when I met you in person, you could tell, having a two-minute conversation with anybody, I'm like, man, this is a real deal, guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and appreciate th- that. No, and I mean, I mean, if... Same with you, though. If Same you weren't, guys, yeah. we wouldn't be sitting here. Like, yeah. it's amazing. The following you have and the platform you have, obviously incredible. But I don't do shit because... Have it's you guys ever done a podcast before? No, I mean I've been on a few of them, but not like definitely not my own and not nowhere near this large. Uh, but that's why that name of the Jardinero business is "Taste Real Chicago." Those words work all together, and they also work independently, right? Taste yeah. and real and Chicago yeah. and real. I mean, I drive that home ad nauseum because what works here, all the changes that I made, the stuff that I didn't touch, all the real deal stuff—that's what makes us what we are real relationships where you know he knew my father and my father knew his father and like and we do business together now real deal stuff knowing you I don't whether you or this enormous platform that you have or Jeffrey Earnhardt who runs you know drives a NASCAR that has nothing to do with my realm and demographic it's because it's real relationships and to me that's the best stuff spawns from that. Yeah. So that's what I always run like my tests through like you know does it make sense that a brand is it real deal stuff and it is we can make it successful off of
2: there. No, I really appreciate it. And honestly, um, just the fact that like, you did this while you were open, I really do appreciate it because you guys were super busy and you stopped everything. Yeah, it makes I think, think you got man. somebody to cover your shift <laughs> to <Yeah>. come <laughs> sit down with us. Somebody's got to tap in eventually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank guys, you. make sure to check them out. Enjoy the rest of your summer, guys. Ciao.